Though the spider gave him a fight Bob man, Bob spider, Bob time crime fighter And this man would become a legend But first he'd have to lose his Uncle Ben The trials he'll face are human enough Even if it's not in his DNA Forever echo the words of Uncle Ben With great power comes great responsibility Episode 221 for March 2013. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on Spider-Man 2099, Volume 1, Trade Paperback. This one is an awesome collection written by one of my favorites, Peter David, and it collects the first 10 issues of that great run from the 90s. And the cover price is $24.99. Mail Order has it for just $15. $15.49, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, gang. We're going to continue answering your message board questions, and here we go. Going back to Fantasy Freak's question, his location, Avengers 1959. Uh, Kevin, let's say you were given a ridiculous amount of money yeah. to reinvent the Marvel Mangaverse. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> what would you do with it? Well, first you'd cash the check, and then you'd consider... <laughs> yeah. Um, see, here's the, the thing. I'm sure you um, hate bank. I appreciate the thought that you want to know what I would do with something like that, but I am the last guy to ask about manga. I, yeah. I've not read much manga. I just... Both manga and anime, I really just don't like the visual style at all. I've seen some anime, I've seen very little manga, mostly to see the images like covers and stuff, and it just doesn't work for me in any way. So I know there's a very different and specific style of storytelling that comes with manga, and since I'm not really familiar with it, I don't feel like I'm qualified to even say what kind of a manga-verse story there should be. I, I hope that's not a disappointing answer, but it's the most honest I can be. Kevin? I think you, Ke- I think Don would take the check and start writing a script. Yeah. <laughs> I've not read much, but I'll say, Kevin, cause, because of what I know about you, I know with 100% certainty you would love Cowboy Bebop. Just saying. People keep telling me that, and uh, I don't know. It, it's, it gets to the... Have you ever had something where so many people have told you, you have to see this, this is the best thing, and that you start to get annoyed by it without actually having seen it? Oh, yeah. Casablanca. <laughs> I, I didn't like Casablanca, and everybody's oh, it's the best movie. Oh, get on, get the bitch on the plane, get the hell out of here. I mean, God for, me, that's always, for me, that's always been Donnie Darko. I still haven't seen the movie, but yeah. so many people were just so stupid about Donnie Darko for so long that the very that, mention yeah. of it annoys me. And I still haven't seen it. And Cowboy Bebop's not there yet, but it's really getting there. (laughs) To Donovan, what anime character that you know of is the closest to Peter Parker personality-wise? I got that out without stumbling with all those Ps. Hey, hey. Um, It's hard because, like, you know, Peter Parker is uh, genuinely an American, so it's not easy to kind of come up with a character that I know of. I'm not, I'm not seeing all that much, but uh, the, the closest one I can think about is Ippo Makanuchi, who's like the main character in the Hajime no Ippo, Brad's favorite show, <laughs> uh, which you can't pronounce. 
I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a boxing uh, manga and anime. Uh, and Ippo is sort of like a nerd. He's sort of introverted. But when he starts, you know, when he, find, when he discovers boxing, he, he discovers he's really good at it. He becomes a little bit more... He becomes a little bit more of an outcast, but he's still sort of like a kind of like nerdy, introverted kind of character. That's the closest thing I can imagine that's closer to Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, to the gang, did anyone read Punisher Warzone, the miniseries? If so, what did they think of it? Also, what was the purpose of that story, if there was any? It's all comics. Yeah, that's the purpose of all comics. I read it, liked it quite a bit. I thought Greg Rucka's run actually improved pretty much once he started making the Punisher talk. <laughs> I mean, the damn book is called Punisher, and the first six issues to ten issues, the bastard didn't talk. Granted, he's like a force of nature, but... Yeah, you really need to have your main protagonist say a few words, though. Yeah, I agree. Even but, if uh, it's cheeky one-liners, like, let's get out of here... I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure even Judge Dredd talks. Yeah. But anyway, basically the Avengers go after the Punisher, and the Punisher feels guilty of making uh, – a woman basically her, her bridal – it sounds like a kill bill. Her bridal party died, and her husband died, and, and she uh-huh. – Yeah. <laughs> and she wanted to get revenge on the gangsters that did this, and, and – Frank kind of took her under her, his arm, and um, she eventually got arrested, and he felt guilty for it. And, like, spoiler alert, he ends up in jail uh, in a maximum security prison. Again. <laughs> Until some bad in Thunderbolts breaks him out. Uh, but, no, I, I thought Greg Rucka had at least a, a B-minus... C plus run on the Punisher, and it's going to be interesting if he gets another title out of uh, the the bad stuff which is going down in Thunderbolts. I, Kevin, I read four and five. Dazam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing I like about Thunderbolts is the Electra Punisher love interest. That's that that's been off and on over the years in the background. Uh, that's the only plot device that I'm interested well, in. Except that, that all we get so far is that that's the cover to number seven, but there's been like absolute zero build-up to it in the actual book. They got turned on by killing so many people, and I, mean, I just think that's funny. I think that's... I mean, I could see that happening. Did they have it in number five? Because I stopped reading at four. Well, they the, they just... I guess so. I guess that was five. They they just slaughtered a whole bunch of people, and he's half-injured, and she's, she was like, how much energy do you have left? And he goes, enough. And then they go... And then they go start making out. It's really funny. Uh, Spot. His location is Stroke On, Trent, England. Did you just make me say something dirty? <laughs> Kevin, regarding your recent go at the Top Cow writing search, what led you to submit those two entries over our other ideas and concepts? Um, mostly because they were the most rebooty. <laughs> um, I had originally come up with, in total, I came up with five stories and ended up submitting two. Um, the first two stories I came up with were two different stories for the same two characters that I ended up pitching for. Um, the difference is the original stories that I came up with were stories that could have fit into the previous continuity. They didn't actually – they didn't not change anything, but they didn't necessarily change anything either. And um, for those that have no idea what I'm talking about, Top Cow just rebooted their universe – and so with this uh, this talent hunt they did for the writers, they listed seven of their characters that hadn't appeared yet in the uh, rebooted universe. So you basically had carte blanche. 
And I liked the original character so much, I was like, well, I don't really need to change anything, I'm going to go do this. And thankfully I was following the Twitter account of the publisher of Top Cow, who is judging the whole thing, and he was answering people's questions all the time about the talent hunt. And at one point somebody asked him about stuff like that, and he said, like, what's better, to leave it alone or to reboot? And he, his response was, reboot, that's the whole point of it. So I ended up coming up with uh, the two stories that I pitched, which were complete reboots. They, for my money, kept everything that was cool about the characters, but changed their origins and tried to tried to add more cool to it and more possibilities for them. And the reason I didn't, <laughs> the reason I didn't go with the fifth story that I came up with was honestly it just never quite came together. I had a fifth concept that was a reboot for something else, but never coalesced into a full story for me. Uh, the, his other question that Jr. answered earlier, and he also aims at me, what lured me to Spider-Man all those years ago over Captain America and Uncanny and Daredevil and Avengers, uh, and what attracted me to Marvel over DC. Basically, Spider-Man was on television in the 70s. He was on Electric Company, and he was also on His Amazing Friends in the early 80s. And uh, I thought that, and he had a live-action show, too. And that damn costume so cool. <laughs> and uh, the little kid me just fell in love with that and also the other character which to this day is my second favorite Marvel character which is the Hulk I love that live action Hulk show so it was t- seeing him on television that is what attracted me to the books as far as Marvel over DC um, DC didn't really have any well I guess the first Superman movie with Chris Reeve but that just didn't draw me into the books I mean I remember picking up a couple of Superman comics just not digging it um, and Batman, all I had to choose from when I was a kid in the 70s and 80s was the the Adam West show from the 60s. Uh, the 89 Batman movie hadn't come out yet. So I just... Uh, Marvel's television attracted me to my two favorite characters to this day. Uh, to all, when new movies come out, naturally we get an influx of new readers, allegedly. <laughs> but most tri- tend not to continue reading. What do you think... Why, why do you think that is, and what could be done to keep them reading? I Can I answer this one? You got it, Chris. Because I think there is a comic that has a media adaptation that has gotten and kept a whole bunch of readers, and that yep. is Walking Dead. Because if you, if you look at the sales for February, like the first trade of Walking Dead is still really highly ranked. That came out, you know, like nine years ago or something. So you got to ask yourself what's different between The Walking Dead and Spider-Man. And I think with The Walking Dead is a linear series that you can start at issue one and read and continue to issue two and so on. And it's well written, and you don't have to read anything else to get the full story. If you are reading, if you are walking into a comic book shop trying to read Spider Man, you have to first of all know that the one you're supposed to read is Superior Spider Man and not Ultimate Spider Man or whatever. And then you have to know that, like, Superior Spider Man number 6AU is something that you don't even have oh. to read at all. Uh, like, is this the Australian version? Like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But basically, <laughs> my point is that, like, superhero comics are really, really inaccessible for people who are trying to get into comics. And we all got into them when we were kids, and we had all the time in the world to, like, spend hours, you know, researching what happened uh, on the internet. Like, I know that I spent nights upon nights, like, reading websites about Spider-Man, figuring out the backstory and what comics I wanted to get and read. And people who are adults now don't have the time or motivation to do something like that. But with a series that sort of just 
you can buy the trades one after another and get the full story and it's well written, I think that makes it more accessible and you can keep people onto it. So if they went if Marvel went by that business model, there would be one X Men title, one Hulk title, one Spider Man title, right? And it would be awesome. <laughs> Like, Wait, I was reading, well, like, I mean, the X-Men book. Reading, from the reading aspect, it would be uh, not as confusing, but from the sales aspect, you, uh, of course you'd want to sell two, three Spider-Man books over one, wouldn't you? Maybe, but you, I don't know. I mean, but they're selling to the the fanboys that way, and maybe they that is why they do it. They make more money that way by selling to fanboys, but... The question is, why aren't like new readers staying? And I think that's a big part of it. Well, I think I you're absolutely right, but I think the other problem is, even if they switch to one X-Men title, one Spider-Man title right now, it's still not the beginning. You've still got yeah. decades worth of continuity, and that was the entire point of the Ultimate Universe when it was launched. You had, If you started with the Ultimate Universe, you got to start from the beginning. You had one title for each character. They were continuity-free. That was the point. And, of course, I think we can all agree the Ultimate Universe has gotten way, way, way far away from that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, to everyone with characters seemingly to never really age and death of heroes and villains not really mattering in part because said hero or villain is all we have, would it be a good idea for Marvel to properly embrace a legacy character culture in the 616 so that we could legitimately have heroes and villains retire, die, etc. without the fans just seeing it as another step? I think it would be cool, but they would never do it. Yeah. If, why, why? If DC's an if DC's any example or indication, mm-hmm. uh, too many creators love their characters and disregard other characters, and eventually you just have a fanboy become a writer and, and just take that character out and write the original one over again. And DC was all about legacy characters, but I mean, now we got Hal Jordan and Barry Allen back in the starring roles, and Barbara Gordon. Yep. Eddie, no location. To Kevin, some comic movies have suffered because of trying to use too many characters and too many plot threads in a single movie. Spider-Man 3 and Batman and Robin immediately come to mind. With already three villains possibly slated for Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Norman, Rhino, and Elektra. Elektra. Electro. <laughs> Jamie Foxx has Elektra? Jan- Jennifer Garner's back. Are you weary of this, and how do you think they can avoid it? With too much crammed. Too much shit is packed in the sausage. <laughs> okay, that was unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> I think they can avoid it with, I hate to say it, but good writing, good directing. Um, those those cases you mentioned are pretty much train wrecks, but it doesn't have to be that way is the problem. Um, I honestly think Rhino is not going to be a huge villain in the thing. I think it's going to be more of a secondary somebody to pound on thing. Uh, I don't think Norman's going to become the Green Goblin. I think he's going to be introduced, and the Green Goblin's going to be later, so I think the main villain will be Electro. I think that'll be fine. I mean, yeah, a lot of times you look at like putting too many characters in it, and it goes awry, but look at the Avengers. Yeah, there's Loki, and there's... I mean, it was mostly one villain, but you had, if you look at the other side, look at all the friggin' heroes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, you, it, usually it's been villain stacked, but that sucker was hero stacked, and it was the biggest blockbuster of all time. So Sounds like a good sandwich, a hero stacked. I feel like uh, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we got one aimed at Bertoni, but uh, he's not here. But uh, Chris and Don are going to answer this one, I think. Okay. Uh, huh. What would happen if J. Jonah Jameson got in a cab with the mousey? <laughs> what would that sound like? This ought to be good. Chris, you're going to be the mousey? Is that I, right? I haven't prepared anything. I didn't realize that I was doing this. <laughs> I was the one that suggested it, so I was going to play J. Okay. I think Zach. Zach just set me up. Um, <laughs> yep. Zach? You want to be JJ? I'll be J. Jonah. Who wants to be Mousy? Come on, somebody be Mousy. I'll be Mousy. All right, Chris and Don, go. Chris and Don, it's Zach and Don, dude. I'll, oh, I'm sorry. Just, just Whoa, I'll, be, I'll be Bonesaw. I'll be Bonesaw. Okay, and Bonesaw's in a cab, too. All right, this is great. Okay, go. All right, uh, take me to 108th and Lexington. Oh, yeah. Three minutes of playtime. <laughs> <laughs> No problem, man. That'll be two fifty a mile. Two fifty a mile. That's highway robbery. Come on now. Hey, hey, hey! Don't you be talking to Mousy like that. Watch your tongue, yeah. Oh, don't you know who I am? I'm Jay Jordan Jameson. I uh, I eat people like you for breakfast. <laughs> I, 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 I eat Slim Jims for breakfast. What's with the mousey? Get out my cab! Get out my cab now! Eh? No one talks to Jigsaw Jameson like this. Come on now. Hey Kevin, let's get in our car and get the hell out of here, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> that was pretty good, gang. Pretty good. I liked it. Uh, to everyone, are you sticking with the main Spider-Man title, Superior, if and when Amazing's returns? Because you really, you really enjoy it, or is it because you just review it for the site and the podcast? <laughs> The only reason I reviewed it is for the podcast. In fact, I ne- I very nearly left Crawl Space, and only Josh and Brad know that because I was really turned off by the stunt that was 700. And I'm not saying it's like the worst book I've ever read, but I mainly am I'm, I'm digging it. It's interesting, but like I'm mainly doing it for to hang out with you guys. I'm I'm gonna pull a Chris, all right? Because I want I want uh, Brad was right shirts, okay? Because Marvel loves to launch another title and keep the old one that's selling going. Superior, I think I've said this a couple months ago, actually. Superior will continue when Amazing returns. Superior will be uh, uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spidey 2099. My prediction is that that won't happen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And Chris will be right again. (laughs) And I mean specifically by those terms. I think there's a good chance that Amazing will come back or something else that will be like the main Spider-Man book. It might just be called Spider-Man because with Marvel now they like changing the names. Um, but and I, and it's there's a good chance that Superior will keep going just because that's what they always do when they do something like this. Um, not saying I know for sure that's going to happen, but I think there's it's a there's a good chance of it. But I don't think Miguel O'Hara is going to be the star of that book. Um, who will, who will be the star of Superior Spider-Man? I don't I don't know. I think Doc might stay Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, Doctor Octopus. You know, if they got Peter David to do a Superior Spider-Man starring Miguel O'Hara, can we talk sales? Holy crap. Well, I mean, sign me up, but I don't know about sales-wise. Well, you've got the video game crowd that know him from that. I don't know. If they're ever going to do it again, this is the time. And Peter David is going to be the one that can, A, bring back the old fans, and B, do the quality to keep the new fans. True. Right. Where to everyone? Where do the main Spider-Man titles, Avenging and Superior, not the spinoffs, rank in your current pull list? Mm. Well, Superior is number one generally, and Avenging is number two. I it's like, hard to it's, define. Asked, I think he's asking which ones we like better, right? I think he's saying. Yeah. I thought he was saying like 
which one do you put on? Because I don't know about you guys, but when I bring my comics home, I pretty much put them in an order of that I want to read them. True. Um, and if that's what he's asking, it's hard to say because I put the Spider-Man related books on top, but it's not because I like them best. It's just because I need to review those, so I make sure I read those first. Yeah, I actually read uh, ASM. I I enjoy, or no, I should say ASM, Superior Spider-Man. I, I enjoy it for like the crawl space factor in that I like talking about it with Josh. I talk about it with you guys on the podcast. I like seeing the reviews on the front page. So I'll usually get to that first. But in terms of quality, like like U- USM, Ultimate Spider-Man is usually at the top. I, I would agree on that for quality. Uh, yeah, on quality, I you all know where my top title is, and it's Scarlet Venom. Yeah, he, he said no spinoffs though, like just yeah, but, just, but the, just those two. It's going to be just, avenging because I, I I have faith in Yellow more so than I do Slot. I actually think, based on the average enjoyment that I get from the issues that have come out so far, I think Superior might be a little bit better. And you know, there's a bad issue of Superior here and there. But I am like biting my ed- the edge of my seat, or I-, I don't know what kind of metaphor that was. Like <laughs> for every for every issue of Superior, because every issue of Superior has had something that was like surprising or big happen in it, and it's it's I think the more um, engaging book that way. You know, with Avenging, it's usually just like an okay story that you know it's it's good, the art's good, the dialogue's good, but it's not like oh my god, I gotta figure out what's going to happen next, which is how superior it is for me. Zonathan, no location. Uh, Bert- this is aimed at Bertoni, so Zach and Don have volunteered to answer it for them. I did, did I? Um, uh, D- Bertoni, do an impression of Gwen meeting Peter Puss soon after her resurrection and after realizing what a jerk he is. She runs away crying. Uh, Who wants to be Gwen? I'll be, be Gwen. Be Gwen. Okay. Be the woman. Okay. <laughs> all right, there's your scene. Go, Gwen. After all these years, accessing memory files, aren't you dead? You're alive. <laughs> oh, Peter, it's good to be here. Where am I? What am I doing here? Why did you say I was dead? Why am I saying I was dead? Uh... Oh yeah, I forgot you cry all the time. Don't worry, I can always remember <laughs> the good times. <laughs> I can always remember the good times we had in my mind. I was <laughs> That's crazy town banana pants, guys. I mean, my gosh. And then Ghost Peter's like, you know, Doc, what are you doing? Get with it. Oh. And scene. All right. <laughs> uh, to everyone, what do you think of J. Jonah Jameson not being in the new movies? Chances are he will not be in two or three, and I don't think they want to explore the bugle. I think they should bring J.K. Simmons back. and They've got the perfect one. I mean, they did that with M with James Bond. Well, do you think you can have like, like that type of J. Jonah Jameson, which is faithful to the original comics, like in these movies? Because he is kind of a campy character. It depends um, on how you play him. I, I think they should play him like uh, the Ultimate version. I think that would be a very interesting interpretation of it. Yeah, I think he's yeah, I, really I, unmemorable in the Ultimate version. Yeah, but he, but he has a few. He has his he has his few memorable lines, particularly early on. He's right. not as bombastic, but he's still he's still a snarky smartass. Yeah. yeah. Abulzies, uh, let's see. The group celebrating Spidey's latest funny line. Let's hear more ridiculous phrases worthy of being printed on a t-shirt. Must be funny ones and try to be varied with the line I'm stealing happy as a hot dog, writes from JR. Anybody got any crazy town banana pants similar that you put a uh, product? 
Uh, Swaplin' Web Snappers. There you go. Waffles are wacky. I don't know. <laughs> what? Waff- <laughs> waffling waffles. Prison hey, ass, what? alpha male virgins, all that stuff. Yeah, anything that Kevin Cushing, you know, trademarks. Al- alpha, <laughs> alpha. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm out. All right, moving on. That one, we we sucked on that one. Uh, up and at them. <laughs> up and let's go. I think he needs yeah. like actual quotes from the show that would look good on a, a t-shirt. Nothing like, would. <laughs> well, in that like, case, definitely prison ass. Yeah, prison yeah. ass. Prison ass. I wouldn't want to wear that one out. <laughs> prison ass has to be pants. I mean, they have to be pants. Hey, okay. where'd you get your prison ass? Yeah. Whoa. Anyway. uh... <laughs> Cover of Web of Spider-Man Volume One Number Seven. I remember that one. That one had the Hulk. It said does not feature Spider-Man. Instead, it features the Gamma Goliath. Any more covers in the Marvel series not featuring anything related to the main character other than the series title? Uh, in the '80s, Spider-Man went missing. I, I remember, and there was a uh, cover of Spec with uh, Felicia in her ugly new costume fighting Doc Strange. There's an Maybe issue uh, spectacular in the Clone Saga where you have Mary Jane says, "Peter, do I have a surprise for you?" Yeah. Although technically there was a little small Spider-Man in the, in the left-hand corner, so yeah, I'm a there, jerk. Sorry. Well, all those all those web of Spider-Man from the most recent volume was all villain faces, wasn't it? Right. That too, and um, like early on in the Clone Saga, going back to what Don was saying, um, there was the time period where Web and adjectiveless Spider-Man was. Literally not uh, was was the Ben Riley stories and amazing and spectacular were the Peter Parker stories, so you didn't see Spider Man, you yeah. saw Scarlet Spider in, in that case. There's that tangled web where it has uh, where the spot dies and and uh, what's his name, Tombstone. the one that Tombstone Tombstone was in the jail cell. I remember that one. Anyway, uh, JR already answered that one. Wombat909 with Dan Slott and him thwipping. From the UK, Kevin, reading Thunderbolts number four, what part was the absolute breaking point for you when you said, screw it, I am done with the series? I agree 100% with what you said in that review, by the way. <laughs> um, I, there's not really one part, like... It was just more of a feeling like so often I just kept thinking, is it really worth it to get through this issue? Because it's, it's never going to get any better, and all I'm going to get out of it is one damn review. Um, I, I don't get what's going on. I mean, there's gamma radiation in a little a little town, and the and they got the lizard's – or the lizard – the leader's brother and poured gamma juice on him, and, and elect, Electra and Punisher making out, and – not my, and apparently, like I, I proved in my review that the Punisher now has the powers of Superman, which is pretty cool. What? Because yeah, he, the Punisher can now withstand a direct punch from the Red Hulk, and he can have a landmine blow up on his chest with absolutely no coverage of his face and be just fine. Ergo, Punisher Superman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brad, when Captain America died, he got the Fallen Sun mini, focusing on five different characters or in one issue, two Avengers teams reacting to Cap's death. If they made a similar one for Spider-Man, what characters would you like to see him focus on? That's a pretty good question. I like that. Uh, Obviously, you got to do Johnny Storm. Uh, Captain America, I think, would be good. Daredevil. Uh, Iron Man and Daredevil. Yes, Daredevil. Um, Do I need five? Mary Jane. Does Cat count? Ooh, Mary. Well, I'd, I'd rather see a Mary Jane solo book. 
Her with a centerfold. Uh, TNR-105. <laughs> Location, drowning in angst and main man pain. Oh, man. What's man pain? Yep, there you go. go. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what did Don say? I'm sure he got dumped. It sounds like it. Aw. I'm so sorry if you got dumped, TNR. Uh, hey, gang. Which of the Marvel Phase 2 films are you looking forward to the most? Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Cap 2. For me, it's got to be the last one. I'm a Winter Soldier fanboy, and both Black Widow and Falcon are confirmed to appear. Maybe there's hope for a comic relationship after all. Iron Man 3 looks to be good. Extremist and everything, but I'm not exactly pumped for either of the other two. I'll see them surely, just not all that hyped. I'm, I'm anxious for Guardians of the Galaxy. Because we have a blueprint of what Thor, Iron Man, and Cap look like. Mm. And we've seen it, and, uh, and it's a good blueprint, but Guardians of the Galaxy is just off the wall with a talking raccoon <laughs> and a t- tree and a dude called Star-Lord. Yeah, if they pull this off, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. But I think they will. I, th- I'm, I have faith that I've liked all the other Marvel movies. I'm down for uh, Thor 2 and Cap 2 because I really liked uh, Thor, especially Thor. I really liked that movie, so I'm down for those. I- Iron Man 3, I don't like the extremist storyline. Did you see that trailer, dude? The trailer dude. looked full. That trailer was awesome. Yeah. Put out all the iron suits and the Hulk. That was just Hulk. like the 90s opening where you have like the, the freaking gargoyle armor and like the space armor and the, and the submarine armor. I was like, oh, it's like my dreams come true. And I'm not even <laughs> an Iron Man fan. Yeah, it, it was a very solid trailer. I'll give you that. Uh, Mercury, Freddie Mercury, 83, from uh, <laughs> Belgium, Ireland. I'm so sorry, Mercury. Uh, <laughs> Mama mia, mama mia. Hey, hey gang, which, uh, with Paul Giamatti playing what I'm thinking could be called an ultimate version of the Rhino, is it possible that a battle between him and Spider-Man could play into Electro's origin? And do you think it, that his inclusion, however small, could be start of setting up a new Sinister Six? I think we talked about that a little bit. I'm... I think that'd be cool. I think it's interesting that people think he's going to be the ultimate version of the Rhino, who was even more muscular and powerful and slightly cybernetic. You know, you know the ultimate version of the Rhino is a little guy in a big robot Rhino suit. Oh, that's right, he is, yeah. Is he? I don't remember that. It's it, You have to play the video game. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I, I, I did, but I don't remember that, but... Anyway, uh, Iron, if you, if you play the Amazing Spider-Man video game that was just released for the movie, he's one of the... Dr. Connors and Smite's creations in the lab. Smite's in that game? Yep. Yes, yeah, Smite's the main villain in the Amazing Spider-Man villain, uh, video game. Does he know his tra- trajectories? Does he what? Sorry, it's an inside joke. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, Josh isn't here. Who wants this one? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. All right, Zach if, Zach, if Marvel's anime movies department was as good as DC's, what would you like to see them tackle? Your choice, whether to limit it to Spidey or Marvel, and you in general. Mm, Marvel, you. I would like to see a Kree-Scroll War in an mm-hmm. animated form. I think that would be fun. Uh, they have Iron Man Hulk team-up movie coming out, which I wish they'd just adapt storylines like right, DC. Right. Uh, they did the, the Ultimate Avengers, which was <clears throat> essentially Ultimate's number one. Yeah. But uh, it, I, I, what? I would like to see them do like uh, I like to see the first Galactus story with Silver, Sur- Silver, Silver Surfer. Oh, that would be amazing! I'd like to see Secret Wars done right. Right, Secret Wars. Um, uh, be good. Civil War might be good. It'd take away the, the fascist overtones of, of Tony Stark. You might have um, more 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 uh, of a time limit than one movie could allow, at least for an animated movie, because this movie is like seventy five minutes. 
part to it, like Batman Returns. Dark Knight Returns, yeah. Or Dark Knight Returns, yeah. yeah to Kevin, are there any things from Brand New Day that you wish you were developed further? I love the revamps to the spot in the chameleon, and I was disappointed when those characters characterizations of them didn't show up again. Nope. To Brad. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's a lie, because you, you, you took Carly Cooper and took her in a completely different direction, so... True. Um, but to be fair, she was a fairly blank slate when I did that, and the character she has been developed into isn't one that I'm terribly interested in. Oh, yeah. um, I actually would like to see more of a continuation of what they did with the Rhino, because those like two issues were fantastic, but after that, we've mostly just gotten the Rhino is standing around as part of the Sinister Six. <laughs> That's true. To Brad, who has been the best new writers in Marvel, in your opinion? I'd go with Kelly Sue DeConnick, who I'd love to see write Spider-Man with Matt Fraction. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, I like, too. I like that Avengers Assemble book. I think she has a very good voice of the different characters. I, I think they, uh, they're continuing that Hulk and Iron Man theme from the movie. And I, I, I think Avengers Assemble is kind of under the radar. I mean, I, I'm enjoying that book. It's got some good uh, art by... He did... Amazing. I can't think of his name. Uh, Caselli? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. So that book's just kind of under the radar. I like um, Matt Fraction. Well, he left. Um, I also like Christos Gage, who did a, a Avengers Academy. Sadly, not doing anything with Marvel, really, now. He is writing Superior Spider-Man number 6AU, which is the only reason to read it, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorites. Um, who else do I like that's new? Oh, Kieran Gillen. Oh, I think it's, yeah. He's really good. I read the most recent issue of Iron Man. I've been a little underwhelmed by his new Iron Man launch. But basically, he put Tony Stark in a space armor suit and shipped his ass off into space with the Guardians. And he went to a bar in space started hitting on alien chicks. Of course it is. <laughs> Yeah. Did you read this, Kevin? Oh, yeah. I loved it when he took off the mask and the woman was outraged that he had facial hair and that she vomited. Yeah. And he was about to, he was about to better. And that, that deal, deal, that's a deal breaker. No facial hair. <laughs> of course, it's, I thought, uh, it should be. A, I, I hope this woman has learned her lesson to never agree to sleep with someone before you've seen them out of complete body armor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, that, that issue was one of the strongest of the the reboot of Iron Man. I thought. Yeah, I've also read the part two of that. That's pretty good too. Awesome, and his Young Avengers start off very strong. Oh. I haven't read. Yeah, he always yet. has like one uh, big Marvel Universe title and one that's more like a fringe title. And yeah. for me, the fringe title is always better. It's Journey into Mystery with as opposed to Uncanny X Men, and now it's Young Avengers as opposed to Iron Man. Uh, Extreme Spider New York City Prime to uh, to all Spidey and the Bandit with the original cast. How many amount? How many amount of awesome would that be? And how many Aunt May jokes could Spider Man make with Frog? And what would Marvel and DC equivalent of Smoke be of Smokey and I'm the not Bandit? Movie, so I don't know. I haven't seen it either. Jr. Oh my. Jr. would be the expert on this. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Seen Chris and Zach? Have you seen Smoking the Bandit? It's been so damn long. I can't even talk Chris, about it. I I haven't seen it. No. Oh my god! I'm going to have to cast this son of a bitch. <laughs> right, playing uh, Burt Reynolds as the Bandit would be Tony Stark. Uh, Frog would be Aunt May. <laughs> really? 
well, it's Sally Field, dude. Um, let's see. Buford T. Justice would be Mojo. <laughs> His dumb son. Who would be the dumb son of Mojo? Um, Longshot? Why not? Longshot, <laughs> Longshot and Mojo are in a, in a cop car chasing... Uh, Tony Stark and Aunt May and a Trans Am. <laughs> I would see that. Just driving the 18-wheeler with a dog. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit, but I am totally fine with your version. <laughs> All right, then. How about, um, who's the, who's the do- who has a dog in the Marvel Universe? Um, um, Hawkeye has Pizza Dog. I haven't read that. It can either be Hawkeye and Pizza Dog in the 18-wheeler, or the it could be... It could be Black... I was just going to say Black Bolt and who's... The, what's the Lock name of the jaw. big dog? <laughs> Black Bolt and Lockjaw on an 18-wheeler. There you go. No. I'm the only one that saw Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> and you did fine on your own, so I'm cool with that. And, and then it'd be unintentionally funny because every time you go to you go to Black Bolt in the, in the 18-wheeler, he wouldn't be saying a word. <laughs> just... And his sidekick is, of course, a dog, so there's no talking at all. Yeah. Um, Brad, did you just say you haven't read Hawkeye? I have not read Hawkeye. Ava, what do you? What's up, girl? Have you read Hawkeye? <laughs> you have. Yeah. You haven't read it. I haven't read it either. I, evidently, there's a pizza dog. Do you like pizza dogs? Daddy, I, I, what? You saw a play, didn't you? Yeah. All right then. Daddy's almost done with these message board questions. Do you want to answer any of them? I don't think so either. Aww. All right. Well, that that was the cutest thing that's ever happened on this podcast. Thank you. Don, what what if the seventh Dragon Balls existed in the Marvel Universe besides the obvious getting his body back, bringing back everyone from the dead? Who would Peter Parker wish for? All I heard was balls. (laughs) Same here. That was obligatory. Uh, well, you know the Dragon Balls, which are typically used to bring back people back from the dead. You can't bring back anybody from the dead who's been dead over a year. So I think Peter would wish back Gwen Stacy, but she's been dead too long. Um, possibly wish back for him to go back in time to, uh, you know, when he effed up his wedding in Omich. So that horrible story will never exist. Um, he can't wish for his body back because he doesn't exist in corporal form. Uh, besides that, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting question. That was pretty good. Uh, Lady Spider loved the Avatar still. To the group, do you think Elizabeth Tyne could get off for murdering her father? Keep in mind, her case is fairly sympathetic. And going f- of the MC2 universe, she was pregnant during her initial incarnation. Chris? <laughs> uh, you're going to have to describe the story to me if I could. She oh. killed her uh, abusive father, basically. Right, Zach? Uh, yeah, her father was molesting her. For years, and she finally had enough, and then ended up literally killing him and so like. But she, yeah. How and under what circumstances? Um, Did I think burn the house, or am I thinking of lost? No, to get she, lost. <laughs> <laughs> she no, no, that that she uh, she finally, I guess that when he went to sleep, uh, that I guess after molesting her, he, she went in his room and shot him. Yeah, she's going to jail. And to be clear, there are no indications in the actual regular Marvel Comics universe that she's pregnant. Okay. No. Yeah, so obviously, you know, with the jury, anything could happen, but, like, under those facts, that's just murder. You can't kill someone in their sleep. Right, and that's how that's how it's always been. Yeah, I think the only way they could have done anything about that would be something about diminished mental capacity because of her years of abuse, right? 
Yeah, maybe, but it's still probably something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it di- didn't help that she went on the run and and like changed her identity and like went into hiding after, yeah. after the fact. <laughs> that yeah. didn't help her case. And then I think she yeah. went to prison and then broke out of prison and then turned herself in again. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember her going to prison. I know her. Know her going back to prison in redemption. Let's go Steve Rogers from New York City, Eamon One at Zach. I once heard a podcaster describe the Clone Saga as something that fans should have been more freely accepting instead of outright hating at the time due to what would eventually come down the line in reference to One More Day, Brand New Day. Do you agree with this notion, or does it matter? And changes of writers and EIC publishers will always do what they want. Uh, I think the latter. Um, EICs are going and publishers are going to do what, what they think is best, um, which is the whole reason that, that Brand New Day happened. And one more day happened. So, uh, and look, they came up with a concept. The thing about the Clone Saga, if they just let them write what they wanted to write, it would have been a beginning, a middle, and an end fairly quickly. It wouldn't have been drug out for two years. So, I think it's a, I think it's kind of a misnomer, somewhat, in that word. that you to compare the two in 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 the, in the sense that there's a beginning, a middle, and the end of the Clone Saga. Where there's not really, it's been open ended with the brand new day era. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Who who wants who wants to do an Urkel impression? What? Uh, sure. All right, Don. Question from Big Al, aimed at Bertoni. And the spirit of body swapping, could you please do an impression of the stereotypical weepy Gwen Stacy, who has been mind swapped in the body of Harry Urkel Osborne? If you need time to prepare, you could do it on the next podcast. So Gwen Stacy swaps it with. Harry? Is that right? Or yeah, Urkel? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jesus Jones. Um, <laughs> uh, um, it is too funny. What are you talking about? It's, he's going to do Urkel. Actually, watch this. She actually sounded just like it. Uh, watch this. <laughs> oh my god! My, my hair, my boobs, my boobs are gone. I'm in Harry Osborne's body. <laughs> Very good, very good. Wow. All right, Zach, hypothetically, if Ben Riley were to return and have his own ongoing series, would you want him to travel the road or establish himself in a city? If the latter were, what city should he establish himself in besides New York or Houston? Mm, I would want him traveling. Uh, and I don't even know if I want to do like a, like him alive in the current day. I just want to see his years on the road. As does Ava. Yeah. <laughs> I have a boo-boo? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's been a long show. Uh, <laughs> What's going on? Are you bleeding? Uh, no, I cut myself shaving this morning. That's what she saw. <laughs> Zach, one thing about... Uh, to, I don't want to cover up anything of Ava because it's so cute. Uh, but uh, one thing about the Scarlet Spider thing I was thinking was if Kane, being a clone, gets the offer to come back from the Spider God, shouldn't Ben Riley? Yeah, right? I didn't even think and about that until you honestly, brought Honestly, if Kane is going to be the unleashed killer other version of himself, who best to take him down but Ben Riley? Oh, yes. There you go. Zach would lose <laughs> I would lose my mind. <laughs> Kevin, if the Crawl Space Palace were supporting characters and villains from the Spider-Man, <laughs> who would they be and why? 
Good luck with that one. Oh, I didn't prepare for this. Um, so the crawl space I, panel... I, I didn't prepare for the Smokey and the Bandit question. Fair enough, so you fair got... enough. So the crawl space <laughs> panel is just... I mean, I have basically no restrictions. You're just villains and supporting characters from Spider-Man. Yes. yes. Oh, yep. There's so many choices. Um, For all well, villains. All villains? No, no. Do, do who you think we are. That's fine. Huh. Who's Spider-Man? Um, that's making a big supposition that anybody is, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to cast a Spider-Man because then everybody else feels slighted. That's true. JR is obviously Hold on. Goblin. Hold on. I'm going to do this the best I can. Okay. Um, Brad is J. Jonah Jameson because he's not only a newsman, he's the boss. Uh, Chris is, of course, uh, Spider-Man's good friend Daredevil, the lawyer. Of course. Of course. I mean, you know, i got to go with some easy stuff here. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to say Don is mousy just because it's fun. <laughs> um, Zach, can you say mousy, Ava? Say mousy. Yeah, good job. Um, Zach, who was that sort of inept news partner that he had like post-Clone Saga? Billy Walters. Billy yes. Walters. Okay. Thanks. I'm I don't know why it just occurred to me. <laughs> Who are you, Kevin? The oh. word inept and me, I guess, I guess, go synonymously with each other. When it yeah, comes to Kevin, mean, you got to be Morbius. I mean, come on. I suppose so, if if necessary. And Jr. is not here, but Jr. I mean, Jr. I don't know if he's the Green Goblin fan, but would he really be the Green Goblin? He'd be Uncle Ben. I was getting awfully caustic, Uncle Ben. <laughs> He'd be the guy in the crowd of the last episode of or uh, last issue of Superior Spider-Man yelling, "Do it!" <laughs> yeah, that would be, uh, totally. Yeah, I like, or maybe maybe Jr. is the Superior Spider-Man. That's funny. That's Spider-Man funny. that will shoot you. Very good, uh, Kev. You did a good job, Don. Being as objective as possible, what is the overall better TV show: the '90s Spider-Man cartoon or the '90s X-Men cartoon? Objective as possible, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, wow, that's a tough. You're on a Spider-Man show, so... <laughs> <laughs> so technically can't be. So don't say Batman, all right? <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually did watch a few episodes of the 90s show last night, uh, just to bone up on my Ashley Kafka uh, knowledge, even though she's not from the comics. Um, when I reviewed the, uh, the 90s cartoon, I was really worried that I was going to be too nostalgic and too... Uh, too close to that show to really objected uh, to really review it objectively, and I think generally I did a good job. I think that you know I, I didn't like love every. I mean, season two was probably the weakest season for uh, a lot of the, the Morbius crap. No offense to the character, but like just the storylines. Um, oh, <laughs> the plasma! I had that coming. Um, <laughs> you know, generally th- the main faults of the Spider-Man cartoon are in the hurried edits due to the censors at Fox. X-Men and both, both X-Men and Batman the Animated Series were fortunate in that they were at Fox at a time when the censors were a little bit more lean on them. But because of what those, those cartoons ended up doing, that's why in 1994, Spider-Man was so heavily censored where you couldn't have guns and say die or anything. The X-Men cartoon is really good in that it really closely adapts the comic book storylines. And it was, a bit, it was really ballsy, too. I, I love the first couple of episodes where... You know, Morph dies, and the X Men return to uh, to uh, the mansion, and Wolverine punches Cyclops, uh, punches Cyclops in the gut. Like that stuff's really ballsy for a kids' cartoon. 
it's hard. You know, I might say X-Men, but I've not seen enough of it to grade against all I've seen of Spider-Man. But the Spider-Man cartoon is a lot better than people like to say it is because it still has really good characterization and really good stories on its own in its own right. So I might... You know, it's really hard. I might say the X-Men cartoon has got away with more, but, like, Spider-Man cartoon might be better on a second watch of the X-Men cartoon. Okay. I just got one thing to say about that. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Did it go through? I didn't hear it. No. No, you oh. said you got one thing to say and, and, and nothing. Oh, man. Oh, the Mary Jane one, right? Yeah, I was doing the Mary Jane screen, but it apparently didn't work. Didn't you say you weren't going to do that on this podcast? Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris, as a Doc Ock fan, have you ever read Web of Death? If so, what do you think of it besides actual uh, Otto's actual death? Actually, I don't believe I have read it. Uh, I try to pick up the Clone Saga issues when I see them, and which is actually a really frustrating process because you pick up like an issue number one, and it's somehow already part four of four, and you don't know like what the hell else you're supposed to buy. <laughs> um, but like, so there are a lot of gaps, and I I just sort of if I see something from that era, I pick it up. But I have not seen those issues. Okay. And to everyone, how is important is it, if at all, that Peter Parker be a loser and unlucky? He's not a loser. He's never been a loser. He's only unlucky as the, his life as Spider-Man puts on his civilian life. That is who the character is. He's not a loser. Word to you, Mama. I, I, I agree. Uh, last one is actually written by Bertoni, and he goes, what? I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. While you're recording this, so whichever panelist is up for it, which I think is who? Is just, Zach and Don? Yeah. Don, Donovan's up for it. All right. Whichever panelist is up for it, do a 60-second Bertoni's bio of Ashley Kafka, but do it in character as me. Also, someone come up with a creative explanation of why Shoshan was black and superior for. I'll answer my message board questions later. All right, Don, hit it. Okay, thank God. Bertone's bio. Go. I can't do an impersonation <laughs> of him because I can't. But um, a good thing it's only 60 seconds because the character is actually kind of complicated, and I've not read every appearance of hers. She first appeared in the Child Within storyline, which was in Spectacular Spider-Man issue something, something to something, something. I actually have those issues, but I forgot the numbers. Uh, it was uh, the battle between Spider-Man and uh, Harry Osborn, Green Goblin. She was trying to help the Vermin, JR's favorite character. Uh, her role in the <laughs> Spider-Man comics were basically that she was the psychologist at Ravencroft, which was basically Spider-Man's Arkham Asylum. She was always trying to help uh, Harry Osborn, the Vermin, Jackal, Shriek, Malcolm McBride, Carrion, uh, Carnage, most famously. Uh, she was a very, like, you know, consistent, nice character. I'm very familiar with her because I read the comics in the 90s, which is why I was a bit irritated when she got killed off. Uh, most hilariously, she was in the, uh, the two-part Venom Returns, uh, uh, story in the 90s Spider-Man show, Venom Returns and Carnage. And basically, in that, in that storyline, um, Eddie Brock is giving his life story to uh, Ashley Kafka, and her main role was to basically say, you're crazy and you're wrong. And it's okay, Eddie. You're just paranoid that, you know, the loss of the symbiote made you hate Spider-Man. But Ashley Kafka, Spider-Man, he, he made me lose my job, my health, my reputation, my apartment, and my symbiote. And she basically said that, you know, don't worry, it's okay. And then, like, five minutes later, she's proven wrong. She, later, she next appears in season five's season premiere, The Wedding, where Peter and Mary Jane get ma married by telling Harry, Harry, you know, Spider-Man, he's turning to the doppelganger, and he's destroying my father, and I'm the Green Goblin. Oh, Harry, Peter Parker's not Spider-Man, and your father's definitely not the Green Goblin. And then two seconds later, she's proven wrong. 
So, uh, and then she appears in the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon where she tells Dr. Octopus, don't worry, nothing's going to happen to you before Electro breaks in and electrocutes her and breaks Dr. Octopus out. So her main purpose in the Spider-Man series is being proven wrong. <laughs> her, uh, I looked it up. Her first appearance was back in 1991 of July. Spectacular Spider-Man number 178 is where she appeared for the first time. That was pretty good, Bertoni. All right, uh, real quick recommendations before we go. Uh, Kev, what do you got? Damn, I know I had something that I specifically wanted to say this month, and I don't remember what it was. Um, I still like comic books. <laughs> Kevin recommends comic books. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, can you, Donovan. If I think of something, what, I'll say I'll, I'll call out to come back to me. I'm, I'm kind of tapped for recommendations too. I don't. I didn't really write anything down. I I liked the uh, still like the Hulk book. Iron Man was good. Yeah, Avengers John, and New you, Avengers are still great. Young Avengers yes, is still great. True. Uh, you do not recommend uh, a good day to die hard. Stay away from a good day to die hard if you possibly can. <laughs> good lord! I love the die hard movies, and I'm not. I do too. I love the die hard. I movies. do too, and that's why I hate a good day to die hard. Oh, that's awful. Donovan, what do you got? Oh, I know you said not to mention Batman, but I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, couple... You're breaking up, Don. I can't hear you. Uh, Zach, I'm just kidding. Go, go ahead, Don. Already right, DC's latest issue with Spider Man, featuring Spider Man. Okay, never mind. Um. I, I recently uh, re- uh, bought the collection Legends of the Dark Knight, Alan Davis, Volume 1, which collects the seven-issue run of Mike W. Barr and Alan Davis's run on Detective Comics, which was uh, in the, like, 1986-1987. Alan Davis is a consummate artist. He is fantastic. I love his artwork, and his work on Batman's excellent. I love his, I love his look on Batman, Robin, Catwoman, especially especially the females. Uh, just it was just eye candy. I just I just burnt that book mainly for the art, and the art and the writing is really good too. Um, uh, Kevin Smith's Batman on Batman podcast is an excellent podcast. I'm not listening to his Smodcast podcast or anything, but he interviews a lot of uh, people related to Batman, like Paul Dini, Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, Bruce Tim. Uh, but my, and he actually interviewed Jeff Johns uh, in a two-parter last week, this most recent Friday. These come out on Fridays, and my favorite one so far is the Grant Morrison one. I know that a large people across space don't like Grant Morrison, but I don't give a shit. Uh, personally, I think it was really, really, really interesting, just his process of uh, writing comic books and Batman especially. So uh, check that out if you're at all interested. And the next two things I've done but I have, that have not come out yet, but they'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks – uh, first, last week on the Batman Universe specials, I headed up a uh, special on all of the Robins, uh, Dick, Jason, Carrie Kelly, Tim, Stephanie, and recently the late Damian Wayne. Um, so that was sort of like my baby. Uh, someone's dropped their boost. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Kevin just was spoiled that Damian died. No! <laughs> so he dropped whatever he was holding. I literally <laughs> dropped the tape that I had in my hand. It's it's good. Uh, uh, Stella's on there if you if you miss listening to her, and I think that's pretty fun. Should be coming out uh, this Friday. Also, Michael Bailey and I had sort of a uh, mano a mano debate, if, as it were, on the Nolan Batman movies. Uh, he's not as, uh, as not as big of him as I am, so you'll hear two people from two different perspectives talk about a very popular recent thing in um, Batman popular culture. Keep reading Spider Man. See you next month. <laughs> nice Zach, what do you like this month? Uh, I'm going to not recommend something. And uh, I, I texted this to Brad. It was a whole $2 investment. But. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Mountain Dew energy drink sucks. <laughs> I've been looking for it. I can't find it anywhere. Is that the um, orange juice one? 
Yeah, I, 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 what's, up with you, what, what's up with you guys dissing Mountain Dew and Die Hard? It's just like two of my favorite things in life. <laughs> okay, <laughs> by the way, I saw... screwing with our favorite things, man. <laughs> okay, 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 Brad, I saw a Do the Do shirt at Walmart, and I almost bought it for you. I That's almost fun. did. In fact, I thought yeah. I sent you a text message of it. But anyway, I sent a text to Brad uh, a, a picture of this of this energy drink, you know, saying, "Okay, Brad, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it." And think of Okay, I tried the fruit punch first. It was fruit punch. Uh, it was like Hawaiian punch with Mountain Dew, with a shot of energy drink, mixed together. That sounds dumb. Wow, it's awful. The orange juice is like or it's like it's like it's like a really bad um, cocktail, where it's orange juice with Mountain Dew. Uh, all of these have something in common: Mountain Dew. Um, I like Mountain Dew. I'm, I'm not like you know. I don't mainline it like a certain Brad Douglas does. But <laughs> I got an IV going right now. Exactly. Look <laughs> up to my veins. <laughs> but but I, I I'm like Morbius in the '90s cartoon Mountain Dew Plasma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't recommend that at all. Uh, my other recommendation is, and I'm late to this game, but I just ca- I just came off of Vista to Windows Seven, and Holy crap! One of the new, uh, one of the I call it new features. It's not a new feature. It's been out for five years or whatever. How long ever, however long seven's been out. But one I'm of the cool sure things on the next one now. Yeah, they're on eight, which sucks. By the way, I don't recommend eight unless you're using it on a tablet. Um, I don't. Yeah, eight looks really dumb. Eight's fine if it's like if you're using a touchscreen device, but if you're using like a standard laptop, it's it's kind of cl- it's very clunky. I just don't like it. Because my mom got a, one with eight, and we set it up, and it was kind of a pain in the keister. Um, so, uh, I recommend. Well, the reason why I recommend it is because a, I think in April or May, probably, uh, I'm working on developing new desktop themes for Windows Seven for Scarlet Spider, kind of in the same vein we used to do back in uh, I don't know, 15 years ago with uh, in 1998 with the Spidey, Spidey Dude Spider-Man page. So. Uh, check that out. I will announce when those are out soon. So, I also recommend um, White Collar, the TV show. Just finished up its fourth season. Literally wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Um, a absolute. It has been top to bottom one of my favorite series. It's not. It's not been perfect in terms of of, of, of story, but it's just a whole lot of fun. And it's a fun kind of lighthearted affair that occasionally gets serious. And uh, I can't recommend it enough. Matt Bomer's phenomenal as as Neil Caffrey and uh, I've just, I watched the first two seasons they're pretty solid yeah it's a great show didn't continue with it. it got so much to watch I've been able to follow this season because uh, Hulu is just crap with that series for some reason but <laughs> I, I love the show and I'm anxiously awaiting the DVDs of this one he's gonna be yeah. a, a, a Superman movie or Superman the yeah one. yeah um yeah, he's going to be in the. Yeah, I, I just heard that too. So I'm, I'm interested to see any. You know, honestly, anything that's uh, been DC animated movies lately, I've watched several of them. I just got watched done watching Justice League Doom, which was a very entertaining uh, ride with the whole Justice League Unlimited cast with Nathan Villian as Green Lantern. So yeah, yeah. cool. All right, uh, that that all, Zach. That should be it. Chris, recommendations? Huh. Well. See, I'm, I'm like some of you guys that I'm kind of set in my ways, so it's only the same things that I've always recommended. So I'm trying to think of something new. Uh, I think the only movie I saw since the last time was Beasts of the Southern Wilds, and I think that was pretty good, so you could go see that. 
Um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Walking Dead's solid. I, I recommend that. Yeah, the, still solid. I mean, I, I I feel like I bring up Walking Dead every single yeah I do month, too. but like that's like the only TV show right now that has new episodes that um that I really like. I mean, so you know, I just hate being repetitive about it. Uh, I figured out a couple things. Yeah, uh, I remembered what I wanted to <laughs> recommend, which was on the plane ride I read. Uh, Kyle Higgins' run on Deathstroke. Um, Kyle Higgins is the current writer of Nightwing who's been writing it since the New 52 relaunch. So if you read that, you know he's good. He was also the original writer on the New 52 relaunch of Deathstroke. Said that he only got eight issues, but all eight of those issues are collected into one volume, and it was badass. (laughs) It was a really good volume of Deathstroke comics. So I enjoyed that, and if you, you know like your hardcore assassin for higher comics, I would definitely recommend it. Um, and the second thing is uh, a film called Following. It was released on Criterion on Blu-ray and DVD. The Criterion Collection, if you don't aren't familiar with it, is basically nothing is ever going to look better than its Criterion Collection release. Is this um, the Christopher Nolan following that you're talking about? Uh, yeah, that's, that's what All I'm right. getting to. Is uh, It was Christopher Nolan's first film, uh, it's 70 minutes long, and it was shot in black and white in like his apartment and his parents' apartment with his friends from the theater department and school. Um, and yet, it is a very good movie. It is still obviously a Christopher Nolan quality movie. Um, the problem with it has always been that it was just released on a cheap DVD, and I actually got the DVD, and there was a skip in it, and so I returned it and got another copy, and there was a skip in the exact same place. So I determined that it was a problem with the release, and that's all I've ever had. But now Criterion released it on Blu-ray, so I can actually watch the whole thing and enjoy it, and it's uh, very much worth it. So I would recommend that if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, and, you know, why wouldn't you be? All right, uh, final thoughts, Chris, final thoughts? I'll just, uh, thanks for having me, and um, keep listening, everybody. Thank you all. There you go, Zach. I got to pimp Clone Saga Chronicles because we got some very inspired dash new dead com because I got some. Oh, they're, they're a they're a competitor of Crawl Space though. I, I hear Hitler listens to them. <laughs> <laughs> if I see a Hitler nice. image on of Donovan on my on my website, I'm going <laughs> to. What are you looking at me? Because <laughs> you're the one that has access to it. Anyway, uh, we got some Funny. very very exciting things coming up uh, later on. We got to start talking about our 15th anniversary. Uh, it's going to be kind of getting geared up for that. So I'm very, very excited about coming coming out. So that's just a little tease for what's coming. Don, final thoughts? Uh, next time on Spider-Man Crawlspace panel, the gang reviews issues 6 and 7. And then the next one for the next month, will Dr. Octopus still talk out loud? Will Ghostface Pierce still be annoying as all hell? Will the gang still be generally mixed on dance slots? Find out in the month of April. Tune in to the Spider-Man Crawlspace. Wow. Top that. Kevin, final thoughts? Uh, I don't have anything like that. Uh, <laughs> how about if if you like good comics and like to help Kev be able to eat, go buy my stuff on eBay. Well, put, feel free to post it on the front page. You can buy uh, Kevin's and bid on it on the front page. Ava, do you have any final thoughts? Can you say, bye-bye, boys? Bye-bye, boys. All right. <laughs>
Yeah, that that's my girl. Good job, baby girl. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. She's going for my microphone. I gotta call it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on our last show for March, gang. Before we go, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of their great prices is on the Spider-Man Noir trade paperback. This one collects both Noir miniseries and also the Punisher Noir series, so that's 12 issues total in the trade. And the cover price is $34.99. Mail order has it for just $21.69, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. Who's up for a piss break? <laughs> Sandwich time. Sandwich time. Please keep that in the recording. That should be like take one too. That should be the end of the episode. Who's up for a piss break? Do 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 do. And then you can like have the sounds of when Ron Friends took a piss on the show. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite memories. I still love that too. <laughs> so, what was it like to ink the black costume? Ding, 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 ding. Oh. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> I hear you, man. It's barking. You better drain the vein of venom. I gotta go. <laughs> five, talk to y'all in five. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, bye.